This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Trend. I'm Jay Desai, your host, joined again by Ramon Barrios, um, and this is The Trend. So today we're going to be talking about user-generated content. Uh, It's a really hot topic in the influencer marketing space. A lot of brands have been using professionally generated content before, and there's a such thing as influencer-generated content as well. So we're going to go ahead and deep dive into all of those different things and kind of explain what brands should be using to help grow their audience the best. Absolutely. Uh, And also, besides uh, for growing their audience, I think an interesting uh, topic in the user-generated content space is how to utilize it and leverage it to generate revenue. So, uh, you know, breaking down the value of UGC and the way brands uh, could use it. I think this is something every brand uh, needs and it's something that it's kind of hard to uh, figure out the value for right now because it's something really hard to scale and it works really well at scale. The thing with UGC is that there is no replacement to it, such as you can't build an in-house solution for UGC, the word is self-explanatory, user-generated content. But yeah, excited to uh, break this down with you, Jay. Yeah. Uh, So I think just so I know you kind of touched on what user-generated content is. And just to kind of give a little bit more of a broader explanation definition. So user-generated content can be any type of content that's created by a brand customer that's shared on a digital platform. So images, blogs, videos, anything on a chat form, anything like that. For sure. And uh, based off of that, what what would you say is the main reason why uh, brands would use UGC? So you have your, you mentioned it, professional content, right? So this is like studio generated content where you have the back, the white backdrop, the, the lamps next to the product, highlighting the product, and then the really professional camera. So on the user-generated content side, most of this content is recorded from an iPhone, uh, recorded straight from your phone in a selfie format. It's kind of raw content testimonial. So why should brands use and invest in this type of content where when they can just shoot professional, high-quality content? I honestly think people have become a little bit at- tired and worn out by professionally generated content. I mean, we see it all the time. It's what brands invest a lot of money into. And the brand is obviously trying to sell you on something. So they're not going to put together something that that looks bad. It's going to be with the intent to sell. I think the nice thing about user-generated content is the fact that it's raw. Like you mentioned, it's authentic, right? It really connects with you and it feels like it's trying to speak to you rather than just like sell, sell, sell. So I think that's the really big piece why user-generated content is so powerful is that, you know, you interact with it much differently than you would professionally generated content. I think, you know, with professionally generated content, you kind of just like scroll through a little bit, but user-generated content, you might just sit there and interact a little bit. I think uh, one good example actually over the weekend which I kind of remember is was looking through some TikToks, watching TikTok. Uh, and TikTok, I think, uh, you know, is still 
right now trying to figure out how to do advertising and sponsored ads and things like that. I think one thing that TikTok really hits on well is really raw and authentic content. I think out of all the platforms, that's probably some of the most authentic content you'll find. And I was scrolling through some videos and I came across what I thought was user-generated content. And it technically is user-generated content, but it was for an ad, for a sponsored ad. And, you know, myself on TikTok, whenever I see a sponsored ad, I just flip right through it. But I think what was interesting is that sponsored ad was user-generated content and it made me stop for a second and kind of interact with it. I I think the creators uh, from TikTok, like the message has gotten around enough where, uh, you know, professional marketers and and the creators themselves tell the brands, look, you have to leave the creator to have full autonomy and direction of the creative side of the video. Whereas a lot of the brands that are engaging influencers and are testing the waters want to give them these these, uh, scripts and directions to follow step by step. And then once again, I mean, you're kind of just removing the whole purpose of this. And on TikTok, I've I've seen that the message has really been been, uh, honed in where it's like, look, you have to let the creator just create like do the whole flow from start to finish and it's also because of the 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 content created on tiktok it's a lot harder for for brands to create it's like a whole nother generation basically uh, of a gap between uh, the marketers uh working at, at companies nowadays you know the 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 gen z consumer like you said is just blind to uh content that is professionally created they uh they can spot it from a mile away so uh pretty much it's a pure instinct to just scroll by it uh there's it's it's much harder to catch the attention so it has to be in a genuine way and you know the equivalent of this would be like if you're walking down the street and then you see this guy with all these flyers and a name tag uh, coming to an clipboard, like coming to approach you to ask you for questions, you're going to like go right by him and say like, I don't have time. But if some guy just randomly walked up to you for a second and asked you a question, like you're much more likely to engage with him because you know, it's, it's, the intention is kind of this guy's right. Like, let's say we send some researchers out there. I think we get a lot more genuine feedback if we know how to properly ask these questions in a in kind of like a um in a way that's uh, kind of hidden where people don't can't really tell that it's a company like asking the questions so yeah even if you engage your friends or something i think yeah that would speak more volumes if you literally the same exact topic you brought it from a perspective of someone with a clipboard or someone that was your friend probably going to listen to the friend more than the guy in the clipboard yeah i mean there's this is a bit off topic but there is a this book called the mom test which basically it's about how to ask friends or family for feedback because if you approach your mom or your friends and say hey is this something you would buy obviously they're gonna say yes just to rub it up rub you off and um when you actually should be asking questions such as hey, I wonder, I'm curious as to how you do this process and uh, what would be a solution for that? Uh, Anyways, that just reminded me of that, but um, it's all all correlated um, in in how the consumer kind of sees your initial intention from showing up on their feet or or in front of them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And so one topic that I want to kind of navigate to is so we've talked about user-generated content. There's this other missing piece, influencer-generated content, 
what's kind of the difference between that and just strictly user-generated content? And why do, going back to that idea of brands allowing content creators to have that autonomy, why do brands need to do that? And how really can they do that with these influencers? Well, to break down the definition of user-generated content is an actual customer or reviewer or user of your product um, who's actually engaging with your product, uh, right? And, and therefore creating content with it and that, that's what becomes user-generated content. So uh, if, if you see a friend using a product, the likelihood of you actually taking that recommendation seriously uh, go, goes up a lot, way higher. So when you have a user who is actually somebody that you might know or look up to, it's kind of enhancing that user-generated content into steroids and turning it into influencer-generated content. Like an influencer is still a user, uh, but I think it goes a much deeper way. It's kind of like adding reviews or testimonials and social proof to user-generated content. And this is the birth of social commerce. This is like why Instagram, it's headed the way it's heading into a social commerce and shopping app. It's a product discovery place. And that is because it's a user-generated content place with a combination of influencers. And, you know, this is why Facebook hasn't invested so much into other areas of the platform, but is low-key turning Instagram into the place where the sale happens because that's that's the formula you need. Okay, this is a product. This is somebody using the product that I can relate to. So I therefore subconsciously vision myself using the product. And oh, now this is an influencer, someone I follow and look up to also using the product and, and recommending it. Done. Like before I know it, I'm, I'm sold to the product and I didn't even know it just happened. Yeah. Yeah, social proof can be really powerful. And I think what's interesting, though, is going back to this topic of using influencers, I honestly think, and I know you kind of agree with this as well, is that brands are really, most of them are doing this wrong, right? They're kind of just approaching influencers, throwing darts on dartboards, hoping something sticks. And that's definitely not the best way of doing this process. Yeah. For sure. So what what would you say are some of the best ways? So wh- where are they missing the mark? Um, I think it's the idea. So with user-generated content and why it converts so well, and we kind of talked about it, is it, it's raw, it's authentic, right? It's someone that actually believes, if it's product promotion, believes in the product that they're promoting. And you're not going to have that if you give someone $5,000 or $10,000 and say, hey, go promote this product. Like, you know, me personally, not not to set such a low bar, but yeah. I would <laughs> I would promote a decent amount of products for $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so actually, thank you for bringing this up because this is the whole nature of trend. Micro-influencers, that's how you combine influencer marketing with user-generated content. So when people ask us, you know, what's different about trend, there's two elements, the application part, which adds the authenticity. But besides that, it's the fact that we focus on micro-influencers. People say, yeah, I know micro-influencers, you know, have a much more engaged audience. And yes, that is true. But 
but the reason with uh, for micro influencers also is because you can scale the user generated content. If I give Kim Kardashian, I don't know how much they charge a million dollars apparently, five hundred thousand dollars a post, whatever. I only get one piece of content. If I were to distribute that amongst, you know, thousands of micro influencers, I might get the same, even better reach. Of course, it's not the social proof that Kim Kardashian has. So I'm, I'm nobody to say, don't use mega influencers. I think they both work, but they have different purposes. So why not kill two birds with one stone, be able to leverage a ton of content from micro influencers and be able to use that content for your advertising channels, such as Instagram, Facebook ads, and then increase your ROAS. So I think that's where the magic is. And then back to your point of paying somebody $5,000 in the authenticity uh, with Trend, the influencers apply to work with the brand. So they read the brief, and then they decide, is this something I want to be a part of? Whereas if you're just in a database reaching out to people and just offering them a ton of money. Like, sure, you might land someone, but the authenticity probably isn't much there. You're kind of just offering them money before anything else. So Yeah, I think, uh, and kind of to that point, that their creative process, like you said, the creative process for the content to be engaging needs to be authentic, needs to be driven by the creator. And I think, by throwing money at it and kind of doing like, hey, like here's $100, go promote this product. Here's $200, go promote this product. I think what happens is the creator ends up trying to cater the content to the brand where they're like, man, I want to make sure this looks really good for the brand. Like I want them to think that this fits in with what the brand is and like what the audience is and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, if you're the influencer and you're applying and you're like, I want to promote this product because... I like this product. It kind of creates more of that. Well, the micro content. the micro influencer is on the come up, right? Like he wants to shine. He wants he or she wants to uh, create that content that's really going to get the brand attention. Uh, that it's going to make other brands want to work with them. Uh, so they're going to put more effort into uh, creating that that content for for you know increasing their audience size and potentially getting more gigs in the future so uh, there's so many reasons why you're going to get a better bang for your buck but um, we have some user generated content statistics here that uh, we found just to put uh, this into a uh, context and perspective so 86 percent of millennials say that ugc is a good indicator of the quality of the brand um, a lot of people nowadays more than you might think go to a store and before making a purchase decision they'll look at the tagged posts of the brand's instagram account just to see if this is a hot brand or not and what kind of person is is it uh is using it and and do i relate to them so this is what is uh this is the key factor of uh ugc that this is when I, at the beginning i said it works at scale it's something that you know you don't just get four pieces of content from ugc and call it a day it's something that you keep adding over time because then you get the uh what's it called the earned media so then people start joining this uh without even being paid or uh, receiving the product for it they just want to become part of this community now so the earned media piece is is a huge uh aspect to it yeah and then 93% uh, of consumers find UGC to be helpful when making a purchasing decision. This is also key be because 
UGC is not directly attributed to conversions, right? Like what I just mentioned, I may have seen the UGC on the Instagram. I'm at the store. I remember this brand from when I saw it consciously or subconsciously. I made the purchase at the store. There's no way of attributing that. So um, 93% of consumers you pretty much use a UGC when making a purchasing uh, decision. 93% is a lot. That is a lot. And that's crazy. And yeah, like you said, it's tough to attribute, but I think, you know, you have to just keep in mind that obviously the more people are exposed to something, the more chances there are to make a purchase decision, right? You're not going to, I'm not going to, if I didn't see Starbucks ads all the time where I'd never heard of Starbucks, what are the chances of me buying from Starbucks? Zero, right? There's no, but if I see it and I see other people using it, there's a higher likelihood. Yes, you might not be able to attribute it, but I mean, you can't to, purchase without brand awareness. To be fair, the only way that you would purchase that Starbucks without anyone or hearing or knowing anything about it is if you had no other choice in terms of like it's a product that has no other competition or something like that. Uh, but it's still like even Tesla, you know, Tesla uses user generated content and there's not a whole lot of options right now besides buying an electric car that's not a Tesla. There are a few, but um, they're kind of getting ahead of that uh, be before any other competitors join the market. So also, 70% of consumers trust online peer reviews and recommendations more than professional content and copy. What would you say is the main difference between online peer reviews and user-generated content. So let's say like the reviews that you see on Amazon. Uh, so I guess this is kind of separating the internet, the web from social commerce. So what would you say is the difference between like UGC and the reviews you see on walmart.com on a product? That's an interesting question. Yeah. That's a pretty good question. So I think the big difference for me at least as a user is the fact that it's a little bit more interactive user-generated content, right? It tends to be more someone speaking to you like a long-form blog copy or an image or a video. I think that's a little bit more powerful than someone just coming back to a review website, right? Whenever I purchase a product, someone probably, I get like 10, 20 emails in my inbox that say, hey, don't forget to leave a review, right? Um, so I think that's kind of a little bit of a forced conversation, but I think the great thing about user-generated content is that it's not forced, right? No one, and especially the nice thing about trend, the way that we do influencer-generated content is nothing's forced. We're not saying to our influencers, hey, you need to do five campaigns a month, right? You have to do that. They pick the projects that they want to work with. They pick the brands they want to work with. Same thing with user-generated content, right? It's you picking the brand or the product rather than the product or brand picking you. And and I mean, if also, if you're making a career out of this, uh, you're much more likely to um, be selective about who you work with and engage on engage with something that's going to engage with your audience. Otherwise, your career is over if you're just promoting garbage all the time. And actually, I was uh, 
researching a bit about Cameo the other day, which is the app for like celebrity videos and stuff. And they say that so the highest earners are actually the influencers, not even like the celebrities, because the influencers, the, the celebrities don't need um, they don't make a career off of this. The influencers go above and beyond because uh, this is literally their career. And then back to the reviews question. I think for me, the biggest difference is that if I go on walmart.com and I see Mary from Oklahoma with an icon as her picture, like a default icon, I can't relate to this person. I don't know if this is somebody who shares my same lifestyle. So if I'm looking for a hotel and I see some guy just complaining about something in the hotel uh, that he might not like, like, for example, I might have a family. He might not or vice versa, like how I can't relate to this person. Whereas, you know, if I'm on social media, such as Instagram, and I'm seeing this person with the user generated content, first of all, it's there, like I can see them applying the product and actually engaging and using it, uh, especially when it comes to videos. Uh, I can also see who is this person? What are their interests? I can see who they're following. What are they into? So, hey, is this guy following, you know, Quicksilver, Hurley and Volcom, like this guy shares my lifestyle. He's a surfer too. Uh, likelihood that, you know, he recommends this spot by the beach. Maybe like there's good surf spots around. But if it's, you know, Mary from Oklahoma who has a family and I don't and she doesn't surf and I do, here I am listening to her opinions about how the beach is not so great and I'm making my decision off of that. That's kind of dangerous. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, so I know you have a couple more stats to kind of go through. So Let's go ahead and go through those and then we'll give some key takeaways for people that are listening. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think those are those stats right there are self-explanatory. Uh, I'll show the last one here that 86 percent of businesses are utilizing UGC as part of their marketing strategy. And it's a really high number. I think a lot of brands are starting to use it, uh, but they're not scaling it enough. So they're creating a few pieces of content uh, for a few user generated content pieces and squeezing those out as much as possible. And this goes back to, uh, you know, the Gen Z and millennials being able to fly past ads. You if you use the same piece of user generated content over and over and over for ads, there's saturation in that, too. So, uh, you know, don't just make sure that you're doing it, but also scaling it. And please don't try to do this at home with your own employees or, or something like that, because uh, there's only so many you have. And as your brain grows, I mean, it's not something that you should try to do in house. Yeah, I think the key thing, the key takeaway over there is make sure you're partnering with the right platform. You don't want to spend hours and hours communicating with influencers. Um, and that's the nice thing about trend is since everyone's applying for your product kind of like a self plug a little bit more, but I think the nice thing is that you can scale it, right? If you're looking for 30 influencers, 40 influencers, get people to apply to your campaigns and work for them instead of you having to reach out and spend hours in them. Um, so I want to go ahead and wrap up and go through some key takeaways. I think that everyone listening can kind of go and use. I think if you're a brand, key thing that you got to focus, the biggest takeaway is user-generated content is king. And it's a great way to build awareness and to also use it, reuse it on other platforms, right? Web, email, social, ads, your promotions, all of that stuff. 
I think that's a big key takeaway for brands. Um, and if you're an influencer, keep posting, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you're doing a good job and just continue to create that raw, authentic content. I think that's what's going to win over your audience, grow your audience, and also win over brands because brands are going to pretty quickly figure out that that's what's key. For sure. Sweet. Well, thanks for having me, Jay. I'm glad we were able to break this one down. Uh, I think there's a lot of value jam-packed in here. So uh, hope you all have a great day. Yeah. And if you want more information on this topic, feel free to visit trend.io. Check out our blog section. We've got a whole blog on user-generated content.